welcome to another episode of College and Kombucha. Um, for those of you who are just joining us, my name is Walter, and like always, I'm glad that you could join us this week. So as I've been uh, alluding to the past couple of episodes, I don't have a guest this week, <laughs> and um, I don't know if I'll have any guests for the rest of the season. So um, it's going to look like it's just going to be me. <laughs> um, so this is going to be interesting because I don't know if I've ever listened to a podcast where it's just one person talking about something, um, but this will be interesting or maybe it'll be the most boring thing ever. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so I figured for this episode, since um, my my commencement ceremony was actually supposed to be yesterday, um, today is uh, Sunday, May 17th. Um, and so I figured with um, the fact that I have just finished my graduate school program um, and with my commencement ceremony supposed to be yesterday, um, I figured I'd just talk about my experience and just kind of reflect back on the past couple of years. Um, Lately, especially in the past week when all of these um, grad events were supposed to be happening, um, I've been feeling a little bit nostalgic, <laughs> um, but, you know, what else is new? Um, but I I did want to take the time to just really reflect back on the past couple of years and um, kind of just like where I was two or three years ago and where I am now. Um, in terms of my education, um, my profession, my personal life, and all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, that's kind of just what this episode is going to be. Um, I've gotten a few requests to kind of talk about my experience in graduate school, what I've been through, and um, at the end of this episode, I'll also go into what my career goals are, because that was also something that um, people wanted to hear about. Um, also, um, forgive me if there are any background noises. It is 9.30 in the morning and people are just waking up right now. Um, and I kind of wanted to do this this morning because, well, that's not really that important. <laughs> um, at this point, I'm just rambling. But um, anyway, so I, I guess the most logical place to start would be kind of like why I decided to even go to graduate school. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know, um, I graduated from Cal Poly Pomona in 2017 with a degree in math. And I initially, I went into that field. I majored in math because originally I wanted to teach. Um, and so Grad school has kind of always been on my mind um, since undergrad, but um, I just never knew in what I would pursue. So at one point, I thought I would be getting my teaching credential. Um, another point, I thought I would be going back to school to get my master's degree in math. Um, but um, through a series of events, neither of those things happened. Um, but during that time... Um, I took the GRE anyway, which, if anyone doesn't know, is basically the SAT for grad school. Um, just in case, you know, like, I, I did decide that I wanted to go to grad school. Um, but any for anyone who's ever applied to graduate school, um, you all know that 
GPA is very important. And um, the reason why it kind of took me a long, a longer time to graduate from my undergrad days for my bachelor's degree was because I had a really low GPA. And so it, instead of it taking four or five years, it took me six years to graduate because I was kind of just like taking and retaking classes to raise my GPA. And um, I ended up graduating with still kind of a low GPA. Um, I forget exactly what it was, but it was definitely like under a 2.3 or something like that. For any STEM or math major, you know, like, how difficult math is or any other STEM. Um, so I think, like, as I was going through all of that, I kind of ruled out the, any possibility of, of me going back to grad school um, for anything, but especially for math, because that was just not going to happen. Um, and so at the end of my undergrad, when I was about to graduate... I was really trying to think about what I wanted to do in my career, just as anyone else who's graduating does, um, because I knew I didn't want to teach anymore. I didn't want to go into research. Um, I didn't want to, um, I didn't necessarily want to work in, um, like any of the applied, like I didn't want to work in the industry, right? Um, I kind of didn't want to do anything <laughs> that had to do with math. And so at that point, my main focus was to just find a job to pay the bills. And thankfully, um, it landed me in the job that I have right now. Um, I started working there literally the day after graduation. Um, and so at work, not at my current one, but um, in my undergrad, I was working at a small engineering company out in Orange County um, as a marketing assistant. And at the time, I thought that was what I wanted to do, and I was, like, so on board with that. But, um, again, through a series of events, I was even starting to question that goal. Um, and um, with the advice of my supervisor at the time, um, she kind of suggested that I would um, go back to school, like, at a community college to get, like, my certificate in graphic design or marketing or something like that, just so on paper, um, I would be qualified for jobs like that if that was what I wanted to pursue, and, um, just so that I can learn, like, the theory behind all of the stuff that I was doing at work. Um, but then I kind of decided that, that wasn't really what I wanted to be doing um, as much as I enjoyed it and I loved being creative and doing all of that stuff. It, I, I didn't enjoy um, having that be my job. Um, I think I had um, too much of a personal stake in the work that I was doing to have it be um, my full-time career and have me be in a healthy spot. Um, <clears throat> and so... As I was thinking back through my undergrad days and even in high school, I was thinking about all of the stuff that I was involved with. Um, so in for the first three year, three or four years of undergrad, um, I was heavily involved with the Honors College. And one of the things that I did was I was an ambassador for them. And so essentially, I was part of an outreach team that went out to local high schools and talked about Cal Poly and the Honors College. 
Um, and I really, really enjoyed doing that. And I felt like I was at my best when I was at these um, outreach events and talking to high school students and um, working at what was called the Showcase of Excellence that was put on by the Honors College and like talking to incoming freshmen and all of that stuff. Um, and then also, I was a student assistant for the test center um, for a little over a year um, during my undergrad. And um, that was kind of like my foot in the door, kind of, um, into student affairs and working with students and all of that stuff. And um, again, like I, I really felt like I was at my best whenever I worked with students. And then in high school, I helped out with orientation and I worked with um, incoming high school freshmen when I was in high school and I did like freshman orientation and um, built relationships with um, a group of freshmen um, as they were starting out high school. And so as I was thinking about all of that um, at work one day, I was kind of just like, that would be cool if that was my job. Um, and so I kind of started like looking at programs semi-seriously, semi just like out of my own curiosity. Um, and I found that there are master's programs in like student affairs, higher education leadership, um, higher ed administration, and just like anything within the field of education. But mind you, at this time, I had been in college for six years and I was exhausted, just like everyone else would be. And so I also going back and remembering the different career paths I thought I wanted to go on as I was going through undergrad, I was just like, okay, this might just be like another um, career path that I'm going to abandon. Um, so I'm going to give myself a year to think about it. And um, I'm just going to take that year to just work and reflect and figure out if this is what I really want to do. And um, also, I will admit that another reason why I decided to wait was because application deadlines had already passed at that point. It was like May or June when I was thinking about this. Um, and so I was okay with um, taking a year to just work and decompress and not do school for another two years after just doing six of them in college. And so, yeah, I, I worked for a year and then applications started um, coming out. And um, yeah, application season started to come around again. And as I was thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I, I think I really would like to pursue this. And so then became, then came, sorry, it's early. <laughs> um, then came the process of like whittling down what schools I wanted to apply to and which pro which schools had my program um which program I wanted to pursue and so um another thing that I feel like needs to be said is that um I work at a Cal State right now um I work I've been working at a Cal State for a lot of years ever since I was a student assistant um but now that I'm a full-time worker for the CSU, I'm technically also a state worker. Um, and so um, one of the benefits of being employed with the CSU is that they will cover um, 
up to either two classes or six units per term if you decide to go back to school or if you decide to pursue a degree, but within the CSU system. And so in that way, I was kind of lucky that um, the decision was made for me that I was going to go to another CSU. And so at that point, it was just a matter of um, figuring out like the school, what schools are in my area and which ones have the program that I wanted to pursue. And so a lot of questions that I've gotten over the past couple of years was why I decided not to go to Cal Poly. And the answer to that is that I 100% would have because I was already working there and it would have been way more convenient for me, but they didn't have the program that I wanted. It's just that simple. Um, They did have uh, like an educational leadership master's program, but it wasn't geared towards higher education, which is what I wanted to focus on. And so um, I whittled down my options to three different schools. Um, The first one being Cal State Northridge, Cal State Fullerton, and then Cal State Long Beach. Um, Since those were the three, I guess, quote unquote, closest ones to me that had my program. And originally, um, so you all know that I, I just graduated from CSUN. Originally, CSUN was not my first choice. Um, Cal State Fullerton was my first choice, mostly because it was, um, it was local. It was close to me. Um, it was closer to me than Northridge and Long Beach. Um, so that was my first choice. And then CSUN was my second. And then I kind of told myself that if the only school I get into is Cal State Long Beach, then I'm just not going to go because, Um, Number one, because of the distance, Um, I think it would have been way too hectic trying to get to school from work um, once a week. But the main reason was because their program would have taken four or five years instead of two years because um, it came with like a counseling certificate, which wasn't really something that I wanted. And plus, like, like I said, I had been going to school for six years and I'm like "Mm, I'm not sure I want to commit to this for another four or five years you know I want to do it in the least amount of time as possible and so um I attended a an information session at Cal State Fullerton and I was really excited I was really stoked um because it was my first choice I was really excited about their program And then I come to find out that their program was just going to be way too intense for me um, because essentially down the road as I'm going through my program, I would have had to choose between working full time and going to school full time or going to graduate school full time. Um, And with their program, um, time just wouldn't have allowed me to do both which was a huge bummer for me because, um, number one, like Cal State Fullerton, Fullerton was my first choice. And also, um, there was no way, like I was not going to budge on not being able to work full time because that was essentially what was going to pay for my education. And so I, I didn't rule it out immediately. I was kind of just like, okay, if this is the only school I get into, then I'll, I guess I'll make it work. Like I'll figure it out once I get to the point where I have to choose or once I get to the point where um, things are getting a little bit too hectic for me. Like it's not going to be my favorite 
um, situation, but I'll make it work. And so after that, um, I met up with an advisor for the Higher Education Leadership Master's Program at CSUN. And I, uh, when I met with him, <clears throat> we were sort of, excuse me, we were sort of just talking about um, like the scope of the program and what it would entail. And so with Fullerton, it was going to be five semesters. At some point, I'm going to have to do field work, which I have to allocate 10 hours a week to. Um, and um, I'd have on top of that, I think I'd have to take like three classes or something crazy like that. But with Northridge, um, it was four semesters, so two years. Um, it's a cohort-based program, so we all follow each other every semester. We all take the same classes. We um, we basically are with the same group of 20-plus students throughout the entire two years. And I asked him about the fieldwork component, and he was like, oh, yeah, because, like, fieldwork is, you're not going to be able to escape that with any master's program, I feel like, especially in something, like, in the education field. And... So I asked him about the fieldwork program or the fieldwork component. Um, and he had said, oh, yeah, it, it'll be like maybe 10 or 20 hours. Um, and I was like, per week? And he looks at me and he was like, no, for the whole semester. And I'm like, oh, actually, I'm kind of down for that. And um, so with CSUN's program, it's definitely catered to the working professional schedule, which I feel like a lot of grad school programs should be. Um, and something that they had emphasized to me was that they were they were kind of just like, you know, chances are you're already working in the field. And so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for us to make you prioritize going to school um, to get a degree in a field that you already work in. Um, and so that made me feel really good because it it showed that they actually cared about the student. Um, and so I'm like, okay, I think, I think I'm okay with CSUN being my first choice. Um, it's a far commute, but it's only once a week and I'll make it work. And so um, I put all my eggs in one basket and I applied to this one graduate school program and they only let in about like 20 something people per year and I got in and obviously and um so yeah now now we're here and I've gone through the entire two years and it was the most difficult and growing and awesome experience that I wouldn't trade for anything Yes, it was difficult at first. Um, <clears throat> there, obviously, there were like moments of doubt throughout the whole program um, when I was kind of just like, oh man, like, is this worth it? And something that I wish someone had told me about graduate school is kind of just how isolating it can be. Um, because, you know, when you're in your undergrad, all of your peers, all of your friends, you're all in the same page of life. You're all on campus together, you're bound to run into each other. Like having a social life is sort of built into um, college, like when you're getting your bachelor's degree. Um, and so when you graduate and you decide to go back to school for a master's degree or whatever it is, chances are that your friends aren't 
like you are on the same page of life, but you're all like doing different things. And so I feel like navigating friendships after college is difficult enough. Um, kind of like what I was talking about with Connor last in last week's episode, you do have to be a lot more intentional with the people that you want to spend your time with once you're done with school. But since I had decided to go back to school for my master's degree, like none of, well, at the time, none of my friends were doing school anymore. And so not only did I feel like I had no time to spend with them, it kind of felt like I had negative time to spend with them because all of my weekends were consumed with um, reading articles and writing papers and doing research and all of that stuff. Um, because as I was working full time during the week, the last thing that I wanted to do after getting off work was more work. <laughs> and so I sort of reserved the weekends for um, homework and stuff. And so I had almost no time to spend with my friends. Um, so yeah, um, going back to, I guess, my actual program. Um, so I currently live out in San Bernardino County. I live in Chino Hills, California, which for anyone who is not down here knows that it's about a 50 mile commute <laughs> to Northridge. And I did that once a week. And sometimes I did that twice a week because the way that my program was structured, um, all of our main classes were on Wednesday nights from four to 10. But starting your second semester, you have you add on a third hybrid class. And so that third class, whenever you meet in person, um, we met maybe like once or twice a month on a Thursday. And so there were times during the past year and a half where I had to go back and forth twice. Um, thankfully, um, my job, my boss, my supervisor, they were very supportive. And they really wanted to work with me to make sure I had a schedule that would allow for me to leave work early and make the commute. And so just to give you an idea of what my work schedule was like. Um, so my first semester, I only had the two classes. So I was only going in once a week to class. Um, so Monday through, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, um, I came into work at eight and I left at five every day and I just had a 30 minute lunch break instead of an hour. And then on Wednesdays, I'd come in at eight, I would leave at two. And then I would drive the hour long commute all the way to Northridge and um, have class from four to 10. And then Thankfully, my sister lives out in that area, and so I, on Wednesday nights, I would stay with her, um, and then I would just wake up early the next morning to make the commute back to work um, on Thursday. And so you can imagine kind of how hectic that is, because I've been telling people, like, as as I tell them, like, oh, yeah, I, like, I commuted back and forth, they're like, what? like, that's so far. And I'm like, yeah, but it's, I don't mind the driving. What was most taxing for me was the switching of my brain on Wednesdays and Thursdays, essentially. So when I would get off work on Wednesdays, I like, I'd have to shut off my work brain, 
make the commute, turn on my school brain and like do school and then like shut that off and then make sure I was getting to my sister's apartment on time so that I can go to bed on time and wake up early the next morning and then turn on my work brain again. And like that was so draining, um, not at first, but eventually as I added on the second class or the third class where I had to commute on Wednesdays and Thursdays. So for my second and third semesters, instead of at work, my work schedule was just all over the place. And I don't know how I did that for as long as I did. But um, on in for those two semesters, I'll, I'm just going to break down what my schedule is like. So um, Mondays and Tuesdays, my schedule was seven to five with a 30 minute lunch break. Um, on Wednesdays, my schedule was seven to two. Um, I would get off work at two, make the commute to Northridge, do class from four to 10, go to my sister's, sleep, wake up early the next morning to go to work at eight. And then those Thursdays, I would work from eight to two, drive all the way back to Northridge for class. And then... Um, have class from like four to six and then drive all the way back to Chino Hills and mind you like by the time class let out that was like in the middle of rush hour so instead of it being an hour long drive it was like a two hour long drive and so by the time I got back here to Chino Hills I was just like so exhausted um, and then um, come back home and then Fridays was just an eight to five schedule but on top of that, I think what exhausted me the most was the fact that class was in the middle of the week. And so it was definitely a disturbance in my routine that I had gotten used to. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I again, like, I, I don't know how I did that for two whole semesters. And it definitely took a toll on me mentally and physically and emotionally. But Thankfully, um, this last semester, um, I had a more normal work schedule. And plus, um, all of this COVID stuff started happening. So eventually, I didn't really have to make the commute at all. Um, and so I definitely got some much needed rest in. But I just wanted to give you all an idea of what my schedule looks like and like how hectic it was. And uh, all, also, all of this is not to say like I'm not looking <laughs> I'm not looking for any sort of recognition or like wow like you work so hard or anything like that it, it's more of just like that's kind of what it was for the past two years you know um so yeah that was that was sort of my commute and my work schedule every single day well not every single day every single week um and um yeah, but with all that being said, as difficult as it was, I still, like, would not have traded the experience for anything. Um, I did really enjoy most of the classes that I took. I think one of the standout ones, I had to take a diversity class, which, um, for me, what, this is going to sound so overdramatic, but it was pretty life-changing for me because, before I wouldn't want I wouldn't like really even dare to dive into topics of like social justice and 
um, racism and um, oppression and privilege and all of that stuff, mostly because I didn't know enough to be able to, or to be comfortable enough to participate in those conversations. But um, this class, and I really want to attribute it to my professor, Dr. Jan, because she did a really good job at staying neutral in a lot of topics and um, making sure that we all were respected for our opinions and she respected our opinions and she gave us a safe space to um, sort of like talk about things and discuss things and um, in a in a very calm way um, just like teach us like what just like what the facts are in terms of diversity and oppression especially in the world of higher education and so I think that class for sure it solidified my my desire to want to work with um, underrepresented students in higher education and make sure that they are getting the resources and the tools they need in order to success as they go through college because something that a lot of people don't really talk about is that yeah it's great that some of the that students underrepresented students um high historically underrepresented students get into college but no one really talks about what goes on after that so yes it is a battle to get into college as a historically underrepresented student or as a first generation student but it's probably even more difficult to actually stay in college because they don't have the same resources as other privileged students do and so it's really important to make sure that they are getting served in the most fair way as possible um that other students are getting served and that they're receiving the same resources and if not more so because you know they they don't have the same privileges as other students do um but that that it was that class that really solidified like my want and like my need and my passion to work with those students and make sure that they are getting the best possible chance they get they can get as they're going through higher education um so yeah for me it was it was because of that class that now i feel comfortable diving into those conversations but obviously in a calm and gracious way you know i'm not i'm definitely not somebody who's always looking for a debate but i think where i want to step in is um in conversations where someone genuinely does not know the realities of certain people or certain demographics of people and I want to step into those conversations and just be like hey like this is the reality that they have to live in um, and I'm only here to educate you like I'm not here to judge you for your opinion because obviously like some of these opinions can come out of um, just not knowing and I think that's where we need to step in and have these gracious and productive conversations and to educate each other on these certain realities and make sure that everyone's being heard and respected. And um, yeah, anyway, that was that was a weird soapbox that I just jumped on. But anyway, that I think if I were to choose like my favorite, favorite class, it would be that diversity in higher education class. And for anyone listening, if you want to have a conversation about 
diversity and all that stuff. I'm more than happy to have that conversation with you. Um, and I promise I won't judge you <laughs> for anything. And if you have any questions, like, please ask me. Um, not that I'm sort of any expert on this stuff, but I can certainly do my best, you know? Um, so yeah. And then I, something else that I did want to talk about in this episode was the switch to online instruction because of, um, COVID-19. So, um, I think it was, it was around the week of March 15th, right? Um, and I remember because like the day that all of this stuff started going down, um, I think class was actually canceled for us that day. It was on a Wednesday, but I had to drive out to Northridge anyway, because I had to pick up, um, my graduation sashes and cords and I had to like buy my diploma and order my cap and gown and all of that stuff. And so, um, this was like at the start of everything. And so I was kind of like, you know, I'm spending all of this money <laughs> on all of my graduation stuff. So it would kind of be a huge bummer if commencement was canceled and lo and behold, it was, <laughs> it wasn't canceled. It was postponed, but you know, it was still kind of a big bummer, but um, the week that all of this started happening was actually the week before spring break. And so we were going to get a break anyway. Um, but I, I understand that, you know, no one is ever prepared for any of this. And so, and the way that my program was designed, especially these two main classes for this semester, it was designed for in-person instruction. And so at the drop of a hat, these professors just really had to readjust and um, make a plan of what to do for the rest of the semester. And one of my professors did that. Um, no shade. I'm not going to go into detail, but um, yeah, she she really did a good job at like really adjusting and making sure that um, we were being checked up on, um, just like mentally, emotionally, um, all of that stuff, making sure we were okay. And also making sure to inform us and update us on what was to come for the rest of the semester. So, um, I think at first it was hard for all of us to adjust to online classes and signing into Zoom every single week, especially since we had group work to do. Um, and we couldn't really meet in person and we had like group presentations that we needed to do. Um, but we made it work somehow. And it helped that, um, these two professors I had, they did, um, whittle down the assignments that we had to complete before the end of the semester. Um, and so at first it, school, as it transitioned to online instruction, it definitely felt very, um, optional, but obviously it wasn't. Um, and, but like, I think once you really get into the mindset where you, at least for me, I, I was in the mindset where I'm like, okay, I know what assignments I have to do. I just have to do them, turn them in and then, um, log on to zoom for our scheduled class meetings. And like, that would be it. And I can do this. And for a while, I think I said this in the previous episode, but I think 
me as well as a bunch of other people kind of like slipped into this funk of just like not really feeling very motivated to do a whole lot since we're quarantined at home. Um, but you know, it's been two months at this point and we all finished and we're all at the end. And so something that I told my classmates, um, was that, you know, it kind of sucks that the last time we met in person in class, like we did not know that was going to be the last time that we'd see each other in person, at least for a while. And so I think that kind of hit hard for all of us, especially yesterday, since commencement was supposed to be yesterday. Um, but thankfully, because we have, we had been in the same cohort the past two years, we've all built like such a strong camaraderie that um, we, we had like our own little celebration yesterday over Zoom, which was really, really nice to get to see them. Um, even though it wasn't in person, um, it was good to see them. And some of our old professors came in to the Zoom meetings or to the Zoom meeting as well. And that it was really good seeing all of them and just um, catching up and having like a true, I guess, like having closure um, after not being able to be together um, for these last two months of our program. Um, it was really good um, that we were able to do that yesterday. So yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell what my experience has been with my master's program. And now I have a master's degree, which is bananas. I, like I said, three years ago, never thought that this would even be a possibility for me. But the fact that I have now finished is, it really means a lot to me. And especially looking back at how far I've come and just like the amount of growth that I've seen and like, at the risk of sounding self-righteous, like, I have come a long way. And um, looking back when I was, like, 22 or 23 and, like, thinking about grad school um, and now, like, being 26, almost 27 and being done, it's crazy <laughs> that I'm here. Um, yeah, so I, I think the the only logical way to end this podcast is what my future career goals are and... To be honest, I I don't have any like super long-term career goals. Um, I think I've been through a season where I had like a five or a 10 or a 15 year plan or whatever. But needless to say, I think as I've gone through life, I know that you can plan as much as you want, but nine times out of 10, things aren't going to work out. Um, so I'm kind of just down to go wherever the wind blows me. Um, at this point, I know, I know that I, re I really want to work with students. Um, right now I don't work with students at all. Um, but that is something that I've been really itching to do. Um, I definitely want to be in either, um, like academic advising in, um, academic affairs instead of student affairs, which is a very controversial thing to say in the world of higher education, um, when you're getting your master's degree in higher ed leadership. But I think that's sort of what my niche is. And, um, just getting to work with students one-on-one -on -one in an advisor student role. Um, I'm also super down to work in admissions and be like an admissions counselor or an outreach counselor. Um, but other than that, I, I don't really have any like concrete 
leadership roles or leadership aspirations. Um, even though I probably should, um, I'm just down to go wherever my next few roles take me. I guess like maybe five or 10 years down the road, maybe it'll be cool to entertain the idea of being like the director of a department or like the dean of something. But as of right now, I, I'm not super focused on um, creating policies. I'm more interested in implementing those policies and making changes from the ground up. And for me, that's working with directly with students. And people in leadership roles don't really get that interaction um, because they're busy like do like making all of the policies and all of that stuff. So yeah, a lot of people have asked me if if a doctorate program is next, and I'm like, mm, maybe not. Um, I think I, as of right now, as of right now, that's not something that is really top of mind for me. Um, but maybe 10, 15 years down the road, I'll think about it. But as of right now, I think I'm done with school. Um, so yeah, I, I think that pretty much covers everything that I wanted to talk about. I talked for 40 minutes straight. So props to you for listening this far if you have already. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for listening to me ramble for 40 minutes straight and talk about myself. Oh, this feels like super self-indulgent, but I mean... I wanted to put an episode out there and it was good for me to like verbalize all of these things. So yeah, anyways, that's, that's this episode. Um, I'll figure out what I want to do for next week, but, um, other than that, thanks for tuning in and I'll see you all next week.